Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, Charlotte edition. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life. And today, I am joined in studio by a, a friend, a, a supporter of Unpacking It, and he is the color analyst for Charlotte 49ers men's basketball. He's also the broadcaster for the Kannapolis Cannonballers, and he's a UNC Charlotte graduate, and, and so we've got so much to get into with Trevor Wilt. And before we bring on Trevor, let me ask you this. Do you need health insurance? We'll get quotes for individual health insurance plans at healthmarketgenius.com. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Coming up toward the end of the show, we'll do Unpack This. And I've got some thoughts about the Daytona 500 and, and hopefully some encouragement for us as we wrap up the show. But right now, let's jump in to our conversation with Trevor Wilt here in studio. Trevor, thanks for driving down from Kannapolis to be a part of the show today. How are you? I'm doing phenomenal. Thanks for having me on, Bryce. It wasn't that bad of a, uh, a drive for me. It's uh, always good to get out of the office as well and uh, to get over and talk some uh, faith in, in sports with you. Man, well, we're, we're fired up to have you. And, and so when I first met you, you were still in college at Charlotte, and now, just a couple years later, after graduation, you've already moved into the, the color analyst seat, and so you're calling games on the radio, and, and so uh, I want to hear about your broadcasting career in a moment, but let's talk 49er basketball first, and, and as a charlatan myself, the 49ers have mattered at times during my time here growing up, and it seems like they've turned the corner with Ron Sanchez. So so tell me about this season and how much fun it's been just kind of being a part of things and seeing them kind of move up the uh the standings. Yeah, so it's a new age of Charlotte 49er basketball, and I think probably what in the early 2000s it was a a, a bad boy type approach. They had Bobby Lutz as the head coach, and they really just went out there like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna punch you in the face, and <laughs> we're gonna hit a three in your face, and then we're gonna tell you about it, yep. and then we're gonna beat you on top of oh, that. Yeah. And, and so nowadays it's kind of a new age where back in the early 2000s they were high flyer, high scoring. They were scoring 70, 80 points a game, and they were showing you about it. Now it's, hey, we're going to get some stops, we're going to hit our gaps, we're going to take charges, and then we're going to beat you 50 to 45, and, and we don't care if you like it or not, but that's just how it's going to be, and it's good. to it's, it's, A lot of people like to say, well, the basketball isn't sexy. Well, Coach Sanchez always goes, it's always sexy to win, though. <laughs> it's, nice to, it's nice to win, and that's what uh, people are starting to get when they come to, to Del F. Halton Arena on Thursday and Saturday nights. And it's, it's really cool just seeing the new age basketball. It's a defensive approach. Of course, Ron Sanchez, what he's a disciple, uh, as they like to say, of uh, Tony Bennett. Oh, yeah. And so he's, he's love brought, Tony. Yeah, he's, he's, brought it, he's brought it here to, to Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and taking this team to new heights already. They've got 12 wins, which ties the most 
12 home wins, which ties the most in a regular season in Charlotte 49er history. Mm. 12 and 1 at home, and they have two more home games to go. Huge. So 8 and 6 in the conference, 14 and 11 overall, 12 and 1 at home, but 2 and 10 on the road. What's up with that? Oh, dude. What's it, the story? It's, oh, I see, I don't even know the answer. Oh, and, and, man. It, it's, and it's like, and the coaches, they sometimes don't even know the answers. And the players, they don't even know the answers. On the road, it's, whenever they get on the road, they just turn into a completely different team. And it's tough because we see them at home. I'm 12 and 1 at home. They've, talk, they've t- taken down some of the top teams at home. We beat Davidson and Wake Forest back to back games. That's, that's significant. Yeah, at, to, at the beginning of the season, and we looked a lot better than them. We didn't just, oh, they just squeaked out and went at home because it's at home. We looked better than almost every single team at home. And so, just on the road, I, I, I honestly, I wish I had the answer for you. The coaches, they're going, what do you guys not see on the road? What's What changes? And there's no de- there's no defensive intensity. They don't move as a cohesive unit a lot of the times, but... Then they'll have stretches. We'll come out and they'll punch Western Kentucky right in the mouth, who's currently number two or number one right now in Conference USA. We were up on them. We're beating them at halftime. We look like the better team. In the second half, uh, the road woes hit, and it's happened a couple of times against North Texas. We were just beating them the other day, and they were number they're number one in the conference currently, I believe, right now. We were beating them. We were up by like seven or eight points. Came back and they ended up beating us by ten or eleven. They were up by fifteen, basically the entire second half. It's just. It's a young wild. team, young team, but it is very wild to watch. It's something special about Halton Arena, though. <laughs> I, I went there as a kid, man. I, I still I kind of remember. I feel like I was maybe, gosh, under 10 years old. Mm. And I, I somehow I ended up down on the floor, and there were cheerleaders, and I was a part of all that. Like, my basketball team went as, like, a 9-year-old or something. I have a vague memory of it. So, But, but Halton Arena was a cool place then, and so to try to get some of that energy back is huge. And I'm curious from your perspective as a, you know, you, you went there, you graduated there as a diehard fan and student, a part of it, to now, just two years, two, three years later, all of a sudden you're, you've got a job with the school and you're an analyst and you're, you know, looking at the team from a, an objective standpoint, but you still say we, it's still your school, this is your team. What has what that dynamic been like and that transition like for you? It's tough to not say we, and I always pride myself on not saying we. It, it slips out about once a broadcast. And uh, I, and, and no, I, I disagree. You can say we. You're on the broad. You're a part of the team. I know. I, you're I, part of the program. I am. I get some of the the uh, the clothes that they wear, the sweatsuit and stuff like that. So you're I guess, in. I I am in. Once you get a sweatsuit, you feel like you're in. But so I try not to as much. And of course, I do more of my prep for our guys and, and things of that nature. But uh, it's just really cool. I, I really do bleed Niner green. I love this university. And again, if I could stay here forever, I really wish I could. And it, in a perfect world, I would. I love Charlotte. Uh, just the city itself. I love the way that it's branching out to uh, different counties as well where everyone's starting to come in. And Halton Arena is starting to become a place where people want to go. And UNC Charlotte's campus is ridiculous now. Mm. It has changed so much. There's a new UREC Center. It's an inside pool that goes to an outdoor pool that has like two or three different levels of basketball courts. It's ridiculous, Bryce. So you definitely have to go check UREC Center. And apparently alum, they get in for free as well. Oh, uh, So you really? have to do a couple things. You have to finagle your way um, through a couple different associations maybe where you have to call the Alumni Association. But apparently they can hook you up as well. So I'm currently working through that. Nice. With Andrew Baker, who's 
uh, one of the top dogs in the uh, alumni association. So I still got to talk to him through that. But I think it's just some some great things happening. But yeah, it's it's awesome. I, I love that went to Charlotte, and now I, I haven't. None of the guys, whenever I was there, are really still there. A lot of guys have transferred with the new coaching staff coming in, and it's been a good thing. Again, new age of college basketball uh, in Halton Arena. Yeah, no, that that's awesome, man. Love love hearing you on the radio, and uh, I especially listened the other day when you were up in Boone playing App State. So. Oh, Playing my alma mater, so that was the worst game ever. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I got a text from you as soon as that. I want to say as soon as that game, you're like, "Hey, I was listening." Like, of course you were. Yeah, listening of to course. That game. That's right. Go Mountaineers. <laughs> so actually, our basketball pro- and I say our we we basketball program uh, needs some help, but new coach, so we'll see how how it goes. But yeah. um, when I was up at App, the, the basketball program was awesome with Houston Fancher. Then he ended up being at, at UNC Charlotte. So uh, funny how that all that all worked out. Um, all right, so let, let's talk. Uh, so you do basketball, but you're also involved with minor league baseball, and that's kind of your day job. Uh, you're the director of, of kind of operations. You do ticket sales. A lot of, you wear a lot of different hats with the Kannapolis Cannonballers. Oh, yeah. And so we you know, knew them as the Kannapolis Intimidators. Now there's a name change, new stadium. Fill us in for, for those of us that may not be familiar with, with what's been going on. So Kannapolis is rocking. That's what I can tell you. Kannapolis is absolutely rocking. And you know how whenever – all right, so Charlotte, Uptown, it got really big. So people are like, you know what? Let's probably move to Concord area because Concord is going to be the outskirts where you can still live in Concord, still but work in Uptown, go have fun in Uptown, right? Yep, yep. And so now that's turning into Kannapolis for Concord and Charlotte. People are able to make that commute from Charlotte. Heck, I passed Charlotte on my way. It just took me about 40 minutes to get here uh, with you. So it wasn't even that bad of a drive, and it's really cool. There's so many happening things happening. Concord and the outskirts of Uptown, where Kannapolis is starting to become that place. And what's well, a big-time project, right around like $300 million, the revitalization of downtown Kannapolis. And still have the old gym theater there that's been around since I can't even remember. And uh, it's really cool. It's got the old-time feel, hot dogs. You can basically get like a hot dog. Skittles and a drink for like six bucks, seven Ooh, bucks in total. With the Skittles. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's big time. And it's like three to <laughs> Tell five. Tell Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like three to five dollars for a ticket, too. So that's really cool stuff happen on, uh, happening there. There's a few other really cool things happening downtown Kannapolis. So Kannapolis Cannonballers, it was good to get away. Uh, it was almost just at the norm that the Kannapolis and Intimidators, they were going to have good attendance at the games. There wasn't going to be big-time people coming to the games, and you're not going to get someone from the office. You're not going to get a Michael Scott or whoever you want to say, <laughs> uh, and Andy Bernard coming there. But now that we have such a, a really nice venue, we have about a $50 million ballpark now, it's going to turn into, you know what, this is going to be a destination spot whenever people, minor league baseball fans, minor league lifers are going to go, you know what, instead of going to – uh, to Asheville, instead of coming to Charlotte, instead of going to Hickory Crawdads, downtown Kannapolis, they got condos there. They have apartments. They have hotels. We're building those things uh, around the downtown Kannapolis area, and the Kannapolis Cannonballers are in the middle of it all. We're, we're, the, we're the focal point of it, and we're excited for it. And, and our, our slogan is, have a blast. That's our, that's our Cannon slogan. Cannonballers. Yeah, exactly. Have a blast. So it's cool. And then our mascot is Boomer. So you're booming out. It's a, a daredevil type look, evil can evil type look. Got a nice mustache, got the helmet and all the goggles and all that, all that hoopla. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. 
and and we're, we truly want to be just a family friendly environment and that's what uh and, and that's i think our trajectory is just going to be uh is it's just going to surpass anything that we could have ever uh, dreamed of for sure. Man, so you can listen to Trevor, call in the, the games, home games on the radio, and so he's the, the play-by-play voice of the Canapolis Cannonballers. And, and so why the, the, the name change? So moving into a new stadium, okay, so moving into a new stadium is one thing where you're like, you know what, fresh start. We're getting a fresh ballpark, might as well have a fresh start. We had new ownership as well mm. that came in. So they came in at 11th hour, and they're incredible. Out of Washington, D.C., Temerity Baseball, Andy Sandler, Mike, his son, uh, Alicia Amling, they've been just phenomenal uh, with Temerity Baseball. So now they're with us, and it just was just the right time. Canapolis Intimidators, it was was just outdated. Hmm. Nothing was really ever added on to it. We didn't technically own the name Intimidators. Mm. Um, and just with that being part of the Earnhardt family, yeah. and we still love the Earnhardt family. We still have deep connections with them, and we still want to honor him in, in a lot of ways just because it's really cool th- the fact that we were named after the greatest, if not one of the greatest, if not the greatest NASCAR driver of all time. That's something really cool we pride ourselves on. We just thought it was time to move on, though, and create uh, our own identity, mm. and I think that's what we've done. I think we've created our own identity, and it has been it has been a whirlwind. But we had a lot of a lot of uh, naysayers, a lot of doubters, mm. but now a lot of those people are starting to come back on and jump on the wheel on the, on the on the train and saying, you know what, this is cool. This is going to be fun. We're going to have a blast. There in, you go in, in, in Canapolis. I like it. Well, you you brought uh, a gift bag for me, so we'll, we'll put some of this stuff up in the studio. We got a pennant and a ball, and so. We're all in here on the uh, the <laughs> Canapolis Cannonballers. So a single, single A affiliate of the White Sox. And, and so uh, fun having the, uh, the, the voice with us here uh, on Unpacking It. And, and so uh, baseball right now, you know, everybody's talking about it getting going and, and spring training and all that sort of thing in Major League Baseball. And, and of course, all the, the minor leagues, you know, they'll fill out their rosters based on what goes on in, in spring training and all that. But... Unfortunately, the conversation that has superseded what's actually going to happen on the field this year is all about the Astros, and it's all about the the sign-stealing scandal, and so many opinions, so many comments, so many uh, people upset and angered and confused and from the commissioner all the way down. So just as someone in the baseball world, what has the discussion been like just even at the ballpark or just in the offices and, and your your perspective on the whole thing? Yeah, so in minor league baseball, of course, it's more towards the entertainment side more than towards the guys who are actually out on the diamond. But in my job and the broadcasters that I uh, talk to every single day, it's still a discussion that we always that we like to have. So it has been crazy. I mean, just thinking about everything that came out and then what we had, Blackjack, um, Jack McDowell, he came out and had a, some some statements as well, and he whistle blew, of course. He's the head baseball coach for Queens University, saying that whenever he won the Cy Young, back whenever he was pitching back in the days, uh, in the late 80s, or in the 70s and 80s, that they were doing sign stealing like that as mm. well. And it's crazy to think that whenever a lot of people are like, everyone's cheating. Well, the, people are doctoring some things that they that they're doing, and they maybe are getting some competitive advantages. But to be that blatant, 
it, it is. Uh, it, it's. I think it was just disgraceful uh, to the game because you think of baseball. It's just a beautiful, such an organic game, and you mm. feel like there shouldn't be anything wrong with it. You sit down, <laughs> you watch a game of baseball. You're 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 drinking whatever you want to drink. You're eating a hot dog. You're like, man, this is just relaxing. And then it's just old fashioned. Just not Peanuts, too much about it. Cracker Jacks. Come on now, it's perfect. And then. And then you hear about all this, all this video that's going into it, and then all this technology, and that people are cheating using video cameras, live streaming. And it's really tough. And whenever I heard it, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, a Atlanta Braves fan uh, deep down. My, my father's from Atlanta and, and, and Tampa, Florida as well. I kind of dabble between both of them, and and so he raised me a, a, Flor- a Florida State, of course, fan, and now I'm a, a bleed Niner Green, and then Atlanta Braves fan, and now of course cheer for the Chicago White Sox as well, but. Whenever I listened to Freddie Freeman, he, he came to tears whenever he heard about this Astros scandal mm. because his best, one of his best friends, he played against the Astros in 2018, 2019, whatever it was, and he gave up four runs in one inning, gave up four hits and two home runs, and then got cut and hasn't played a game in the majors since. And I don't think he's actually playing even in minor league baseball. So that ruined his career, and it affected his, his kids, his family, his parents, his everything. And think about that. I mean, and then none of these guys are going to get in trouble for it. None of these players, apparently. I know the owner or the GM and, and their coach and their skipper did as well and their manager, but I, I don't think it's enough, and, and I don't think everyone else is doing this. I think that you could rub up a little something-something on a baseball. Uh, you could have a little something-something on your mitt. But, I mean, this is truly uh, a, a disgraceful uh, to the game of baseball, and it was – it was tough to see, and then here to you hear Mike Trout talking about it, the greatest baseball player likely in, in the world, and he's like, you know what? Heck, I could hit 80 bombs and bat 500 <laughs> to know. if love, you tell me. I'd love uh, to know what pitch is coming. I know, exactly. So that's, it's been tough. It's been tough to, to watch it all unfold. You know, where it stands today, what makes it interesting to me is the fact that now players around the league – are coming out against the players on the Astros, and that's you, you, there's almost a a bond as baseball players. Like they're all in it together. They all know the journey that it takes to get to the big leagues and through minor leagues and triple, you know, double A, triple A, single A, all all that all that they have to go through. And to then see that some of your brothers are this intentional with cheating and. So many people were involved with it on one team, and that team won the World Series. It it just it creates such a tension, and I feel like the other players feel like they have to do something to make this right. Like you know, the Dodgers or whatever Braves players, they they, they feel like they have to do something to make it right. But the reality is, there's nothing they can do. Like beaming them and all that kind of thing isn't the answer. Like that kind of retaliation. It, maybe it makes you feel better for a moment, but what does it really solve? It, that doesn't solve anything. So I think there's a frustration from the players that they can't, they really can't do anything. And they're looking to the commissioner, and they want him to do something. And come on, drop the hammer. And but, but what's going to really make everybody feel better? Like it's happened, it's over. They've already celebrated the World Series. You know, part of me says, well, take it away. They shouldn't be able to walk around claiming that they are the World Series champs from 2017, but. Uh, it's still it's it's a little too late for all that. So, it how does baseball move forward? How is forgiveness start? How does that start taking place? How do the Astros players throughout the season handle this? Will be fascinating to see. 
mean, they're going to get booed every stadium they're in a lot. Now, fans are going to go nuts. You know, you, you think about the, the handshakes after a game or before the game with other players. Are they going to be doing that with Astros players? Probably not. So anyway, those, those are my rambling thoughts on it all. But it's, it's been a crazy thing. It's all the truth. No, I think everything that you just uh, said is perfect because there's no exact answer. Uh, there's no exact answer, and there's so many questions. And that's the toughest thing. And it's going to be this, this next season, anytime the Astros, like you said, step into a ballpark, they're going to get booed. It doesn't matter who you are, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Justin Verland. It doesn't matter if you were traded and you're on a different team. Yeah. You're going to get booed now. Yeah. There's going to be people banging on trash cans. I guarantee <laughs> um, it's going to be – apparently someone did it at the Houston Astros BP down the spring training facility yesterday. A fan oh, was wow. beating on a trash can. They kicked him out. So, oh, man. I feel like that's going to happen more times than not. It's, it's, it's nuts. I mean, yeah, somebody's coming out every day saying something, adding to the story, and as much as baseball wants it to, to be buried, it seems like it's just going to pick up momentum, I think, for, at least for a while. Yeah, I, I really think it will, and yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a, a tough couple of years, and think about all those guys who got extensions after those big seasons, and Woo! yeah, George those Springer. guaranteed money. George guaranteed Springer money. was... T- he was not good. He was batting. I, I forgot what he was like the year before 2017. I want to say it was like 230, something like that. He was hitting a lot of home runs. He was stealing some bases. The guy's an absolute athlete. And then now he's in the MVP conversation, batting 282, 9300, whatever it was. I don't know the exact stats. And then now these guys are getting extensions. And not even George Springer. There's other guys getting extensions and moving on to different teams and getting big paydays. And a lot of players going, man, if I would have known. I would have been able to do that because now I know there's really no punishment for me. True. I can just kind of – I can do that. I can cheat. And apparently there's no punishment. <sighs> now Pete Rose is jumping out saying, <laughs> reinstate me, reinstate me. He's still up at Cooperstown selling oh, his book man. and selling autographs. So it, it just – yeah, it's opened up a lot of things. Mm. It really has. Uh, I guess I hadn't really thought about that as far as now it doesn't give them the green light to cheat. As players, that's interesting. Knowing that you're not going to get in trouble, I know, but it's almost like the next people to do it, they're uh, they're going to get the punishment for them and for the Astros. That's the problem. Yeah. All right, so we love talking sports here at Unpacking It, and of course, you're part of the Unpacking It family, and so you're you're a sports fan following Jesus as well, and and so we'd love to hear just a little bit about your journey and and, and maybe some of the. You know, the, the key moments of, of your life or turning points in your life. Let's jump into it. But, but I, heck, before I get to it, I just want to say that it, I guess part of that journey is just being faithful uh, in, in finances and stuff like that. And I'll get to that and how uh, just able to, I, I feel like just giving and giving to unpacking it ministries has just been such a, a big blessing. But I mean, I go back to my, more of my, my middle school days whenever there was things going around in the house uh, for, for me when it came to uh, any type of addictions. And, and when I was thinking to myself, you know what? I feel like I have a cookie cutter life. I mean, I live in a nice two story house, I have, a, I have two incredible parents. I have four incredible uh, human beings that surround myself, my siblings, older sister, uh, a younger sister, and, and two younger brothers as well. And, and we go to church every single Sunday, and, and things are nice. I'm playing sports. I'm on travel baseball teams. I'm in student council. Things are good. But and then I go home at night, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Like, I f- still feel kind of empty. Like, I feel like with things going on around the house, like, I can still see myself, like, crying to bed at night. I'm like, man, like, what am I doing? Hmm. Like, and, w- and what's going on, and why am I doing this stuff? And, and life isn't always easy, and they're going to throw curveballs at you. They're not uh, – and, and everyone thought me and my family, we were, like, the, the great American family. I had friends over every day throughout the summer. We, had the, we were the hangout spot. And, and not knowing 
just how tough it was still inside of our house whenever everyone left. And there were some, some tough things uh, going on and I uh, found myself crying myself to sleep uh, a, a lot at night. And then, heck, even going to my, my older sister's room and she coming to my room and be like, hey, like, let's, let's be together tonight just because I know what's going on. And, and it was tough. So whenever you're by yourself a lot of times, so although with a big family, you, you're, there's going to be times where you're by yourself and you're like, you know what, I, I need to talk to somebody. Mm. And, and you don't want to talk to your best friend whenever you're 13, 14 years old and you find out what stuff that's happening and stuff that's going on in your life and you don't feel like you can really open up. So why not open up to a man that's, that's not going to judge you, mm. who, who's, who's going to be there just to listen to your prayers? And, and it's cool. So whenever I, I was uh, right around middle school, I, I, kinda, I, I feel like I really made that, that leap of, of getting to, to praying every morning, praying every single night, and thinking to myself, you know what, there's something better than me that's going on. And then and that I know my life, it may seem awesome to a lot of people. It may seem like we're living like the American dream as a family. But deep down, like you still have so much emptiness in you. And, mm-hmm. and no matter how much you, you feel full, you still feel like you, you can't get enough from, from money. You can't get enough from just having friends and stuff that you really need to, to be full uh, uh, on the inside. And, and, and then that's where... I gave my life to Christ um, uh, back at, was at, I, I remember actually back at the refuge, and there was a couple times got baptized as well uh, down in uh, down in Florida. Ended up getting uh, baptized there by Joe Markowitz. That was an incredible experience uh, with my family as well. And but in, in middle school, that's kind of where I really kind of hit the ground running, saying, "All right, there's a bigger purpose to me. There's there's more than just going to church on Sundays and sleeping through half of it. Mm. I, I need to be able to get into to what's going on." So. There's been, I've surrounded myself with a lot of great people. Uh, my parents, of course, my siblings, uh, yourself, and then uh, my, my neighbor, Stockton Perry, he's able to, he owns that Chick-fil-A over there in, near uh, the Carolina Mall as well. So he's been able to really uh, dive in with me, and, and, and it's really cool. And, and I feel like every single time I find a mentor, it's, it's not someone who's just wanted to just, just bury me with Scripture. Mm. And I think that's the coolest thing about unpacking as well, it's that, and, and there's a lot of things in life. There's Inky Johnson. I don't know. You ever heard yeah, of Inky oh yeah, Johnson yeah. from Tennessee? Um, he's got some incredible quotes uh, when it comes to uh, just the, the Lord and how in some life, some people don't need you to preach a sermon to you. They need you to live it. Yeah. So whenever you see you living it, th- they can connect and identify with it. And I think that's great. And I love doing that. Mm. And I think you do that incredibly well. I think my neighbor does it well. I think my parents are, are, are doing it well. I think there's, I've surrounded myself with a lot of people who are doing it well. And just because, to me, whenever people just came at me with Scripture, I was just like, all right, like, calm down a little bit. Like, this is a little too much. Mm. But whenever you start to put sports in, involved into it, whenever you start to put my life into it, mm. and then you, like, give me, like, a Scripture there, and you're like, all right, this is how it, this is how it connects to you. It, that's how I needed to be impacted. Mm. And I think I got that uh, through yourself and reading your daily devotionals, which is, uh, which are incredible. I have my friends doing it now because it's sports. We're like, hey, you know what? He just talked about uh, what just happened, the, the big crash that just happened. But mm. so I mean, there's just so many great things um, that have come uh, since that middle school and high school time. But again, life's never easy, and life's always going to throw you curveballs. But again, like even giving up my, uh, even helping out with finances uh, for myself, and thinking to myself, you know what? The uh, it, that's always the the toughest sermon to go to. Oh, it, yeah. Whenever you go in, you're like, "Oh Lord, He's going to tell me to give five hundred dollars a year now to this guy, or, or five hundred dollars a year to the church." Of course, I'm going to do it, or I, I or I don't need to do it. I don't know. Whatever you want to say, 
And then I finally sat down one day. I was like, you know what? I, I feel like this would be a good time. And it, it, I wasn't even in a good spot with finances. I was just like, you know what? I've never given. I've never truly given. Mm. I've only given like, hey, there's the, the bowls, the, the nice gold bowls going by. I'm going to throw five bucks in it. I'm going to throw a dollar and maybe a McDonald's coupon. I've never <laughs> done that. Sorry, I've never done that. But, um, but things like that where I'm like, you know what? It's, it's going to be cool. I, I need to trust the Lord in my finances, and he's going to be fruitful to me. And, and it's cool. So actually, after I did that, after I started giving to unpacking it, uh, that's when uh, I'm not even That's whenever the, the Charlotte 49er job uh, kind of opened up as well and then uh, ended up getting some more calls with that and ended up getting some ESPN 3 gigs and ESPN Plus gigs and little things like that. And, again, I was not good in my finances. I was mm. still struggling. I was Ubering. Just out of college. Yeah, just out of college. I was Ubering and lifting and working minor league baseball, trying to work as well with ESPN+. Plus. I mean, I wasn't there. I was still working a little bit with Chick-fil-A, mm. but I was like, you know what? i got to find a way. I can, I can do it. And even if it's a small amount, because I still want to give more to so many people. Mm. But I just can't do it just yet, but I feel like I can't do it. But I tell myself that, and there's always a way. There's always a way with him. So. There's, uh, I feel like we could, we could talk, <laughs> talk for hours about it, but I, I just, it's, uh, it's, of course, it's, it's something that has led me to be who I am today, just kind of staying faithful in it, praying through everything, and I continue to pray every single day. Prayer is such a powerful thing, and mm. I, I think that and, uh, and praise and worship music is, is so powerful to Key. me. That, that gets me every single morning. Put on a little ESPN 730. I'll listen to the radio, a little sports talk, and then, about 10 to 15 minutes per, right before I get to work, I, I go, you know what? I need three or four good songs to kind of get me in that motion. So That's I'm not right. going into work and holding off saying a cuss word to someone. I'm not go, holding off saying this and thinking these thoughts. I'm going in going, you know what? I feel Filled good. Filled worship. I feel good. And I'm going to go and impact other people, positively impact other people, and that's that's my goal every day. Man, no, awesome story, and it's it's always fun having uh, radio guys on the show because then you just say go, just say go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, exactly. I, that's why I can do the same thing with you as well. I'll be on the broadcast one day. There you go. That's right. That's right. Uh, but no, I, I appreciate you sharing that and and having just seen some of your journey and, and watching you. It's been fun fun to see, and thankful that uh, these opportunities have opened up for you. Uh, in your broadcasting career because you were trying to figure things out when I first met you in college and to see God's hand on you and then opening up doors and uh, you know to see it's encouraging to me as someone who's in ministry who's dependent on people donating to the ministry uh, to see a, a young guy like you do that I mean it's just extremely motivating inspiring and 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 I, I appreciate you sharing it because giving so for me for the ministry, we receive. It keeps us going. But the life of giving is so crucial. So my wife and I, we love to give. We give. We support other ministries. And when your hands are open with your finances and we're not holding on and gripping everything, it's such a freeing feeling. So I'm in the middle of it. I'm watching people you know, give to the ministry, and I'm seeing the excitement, the joy, uh, God work in their life when they're giving. And I experience it in my own life kind of on the other side that we give, you know, and you just continue to pass it on type of thing. Um, and so we don't always like to talk about it. We don't, we get funny about it if the, if the pastor's speaking about it at church. But when we really get it and understand what Scripture says about giving and it is a hard issue and when you find the joy in it um, and you don't, you end up not being so, yeah, just just gripped, gripped by money, 
it, it's it's awesome. So yeah, yeah it's um, it's great. And whenever like whenever I read the daily devotionals, and again, I don't get to them. I'm not able to get to them every single day. There's some days when it's crazier, some days when it's not. But it's cool whenever I get to read yours and go. You know what? Today is going to be fun. I get to read this, and it's an interesting day. And heck, we even had a little start. I, we just started a Bible study at the new house I'm living in now, and oh. we we'll read your we'll read your daily devotionals uh, as well. Whenever we just have the guys in, sometimes whenever the girls come by, they're like, you know, we really we, we don't want to talk about <laughs> sports, but it's what me and my roommates do. We'll, we'll be like, hey, a good good way to start. Let's go. Let's see what Bryce has got for us today. And then we'll kind of run into it. So you're impacting a lot of people's lives, even if they're not subscribing, although I need to get them some of them to subscribe to you. I guess now I'm thinking about it. That's but, right. Um, get it to the inbox. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's nice to, to get that every single day. You know what you're going to get uh, whenever uh, you're with Unpacking at Bryce Johnson. And it's, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool what you're doing uh, around Charlotte. But heck, you're everywhere. You're everywhere. Man, no, we're, we're thankful. And, and, yeah, we just finished up six years of the ministry. And so God's moving. And it's, it's, it's fun having people on the team. So, so thankful to have you on the team, a part of what we're doing, and, and glad to, to have you in studio and, and a part of the show. And so, uh, man, we'll, we'll be listening to you. Charlotte 49ers basketball, Kannapolis baseball. So, uh, man. Keep up the the great work, and I got to get out to a game too. I, I do. I do need to get up there. We got especially we got, at the new stadium. Yeah, I got a couple more games to go for uh, for for basketball, of course, and then we'll have too many games for minor league baseball. <laughs> we have seventy home games, so there's That's uh, a lot. You have a few days that you can pick out, so it's it's nuts. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Incredible place you have here, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to to be along with the journey with you. Man, it's awesome. He's Trevor Wilt, and really appreciate him coming in studio and appreciate what he said about the ministry. Meant, meant a lot, very heartfelt, and it's encouraging to me and hopefully to you as a listener uh, that you're a part of something special, even as a listener. And if you want to take a step to, to be even more involved, uh, we'd love for you to do that as well, whether that's financially or as a prayer partner or as someone that, that is volunteering at events that we do in Charlotte, a lot of different ways to, to even take a, another step to get plugged in with Unpacking It. Maybe it's starting a pack. Uh, you can find out all that kind of information on our website, unpackingit.com. I always love wrapping up the podcast with our segment, Unpack This. Quick thought about sports, faith, and life. And you can subscribe to receive the email version uh, in your inbox, just go to unpackingit.com. But, man, earlier this week, we saw a crazy finish at the Do- Daytona 500. Wow. It was it was so cool to see Denny Hamlin get the win and the way that he won. But at the same time, we saw a crazy crash. And, thankfully, we saw Ryan Newman, a couple days later, walk out of the hospital with his daughters and it was, uh, man, just awesome to see. The, the fact that that quickly he was able to heal from what looked like a major, and, and, and it was, it didn't look like it, it was a major wreck, and he was, he was in bad shape. It was a scary scene. And, and so what, what I want to talk about today is what that scene was really like in, in regards to it was really exciting at the very end. Joe Gibbs Racing, their whole team, they're celebrating. They just won the Daytona 500, back-to-back wins for Denny Hamlin. So think about the joy, the the celebration, the excitement, the the exuberance. All that is going on, 
And then at the same time, wait, is Ryan Newman okay? Like, what's going on? Is he is he going to get out of the car? What kind of shape is he in? What's going to happen now? And all of a sudden, the the whole feeling around that race turned very somber. And and there was a sense of of anguish and worry, and it was very tense. And you know, I think about from a broadcasting standpoint, those guys calling the end of that race, that's a weird spot to be in because you want to have the excitement for the finish, but you're thinking, uh-oh, what did we just see with Ryan Newman? That wasn't just a, a little tiny crash. That was major. So all this is going on really at once. And so afterward, some of the comments from Joe Gibbs and then Denny Hamlin kind of set the the stage for what was really going on and so Hamlin explained quote I knew crossing the track there it was a bad scenario in the first place it's a weird balance of excitement and happiness for yourself but obviously someone's health and their family is bigger than any win in any sport we're just hoping for the best and of course that was before he knew you know what what was really going on and then of course people were questioning and criticizing the team for celebrating while Newman was you know, being taken care of by the medical staff. And so owner uh, Joe Gibbs had to re- respond and apologize by saying, quote, I say to everybody out there, some people may have see- saw, seen us, and said, those guys are celebrating when there's a serious issue going on. So I apologize to everybody, but we really didn't know. So he said, those guys are celebrating when there's a, there's a serious issue going on. So that was the dynamic, and and of course, it's a difficult situation for everyone involved and really just hard to navigate, but what it made me think about is how in life, there are times where we're simultaneously filled with joy and sadness, and a lot of times it's based on our own circumstance uh, circumstances, but then sometimes it, it, it has to deal with maybe we're dealing with something really exciting while someone close to us is going through pain. Or we're going through the pain while someone else is celebrating. We're dealing with the miscarriage. Someone else is dealing with the excitement of giving birth. We're dealing with the the job promotion, the excitement of that. Someone else is dealing with a a death in the family or, or vice versa. And so what ends up happening, though, is we feel like we have to pick sides. We have to pick one emotion or the other. And I guess my encouragement to us today is the reality that both of those emotions can be taking place at the same time. Because I think it's okay for Denny Hamlin and Joe Gibbs to be excited in that moment while also being worried, concerned, and a sense of sorrow and anguish wondering what's going on with Ryan Newman. Like to me, those are both of those things are going on. It's natural, it's real, it's raw, it's happening. And for us, yeah. It's really hard to, you know, want to be excited about something when you know someone else is in pain. But why would we want to hold back that joy and excitement? That's a blessing in our life, and and so because eventually we're going to be on the other side of it. And so, uh, anyway, to 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 look at this from a, a spiritual standpoint, as followers of Jesus, every day we should be filled with joy, worship, celebration, gratitude, because we've been saved and we're going to spend eternity with God. So we should always be filled with that level of joy. But guess what? This life is filled with situations that cause pain and suffering that that lead to concern and heartache. Plus, when we realize that so many people don't know God, we should be overtaken by deep sorrow and concern because souls are on the line. So again, 
all of this is taking place at the same time. And if we only live life as, oh, everything's a celebration, everything's great, and then we're in denial of the pain that people are feeling or we almost just overlook the pain, yeah, that's not the answer. Or if we walk around and we're always sorrowful and we're always just kind of, yeah, you know, life's really hard and it's there's always pain and think about all the people that are, are suffering right now and, and we're miserable all the time without thinking about, yeah, but we have hope, we have joy because Jesus is real, Jesus is alive and, and he's a healer and, and he's a provider and so we cling to that. And, and so Paul writes in 2 Corinthians about his hardships and everything that he's going through as a minister of the gospel. And, and in verse 10, it says, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. And so despite Paul's struggles, he continues the work of the Lord with an attitude of joy. He's not denying the pain, but is saying he has joy too. So I love the, the words, uh, a couple of other versions of that same verse in, in the NIV. It says, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. And then another version says, although saddened, we are always glad. So the encouragement today is let's keep rejoicing because of Jesus, but at the same time, let's not deny the sorrow and pain that are also very real. And understanding that, yes, we're going to have seasons, we're going to have moments where both are going on at the same time in our own life or in the people around us. And it is hard to navigate. But but let's let's lean in and, and not deny either either emotion, either feeling, but ultimately trust the Lord and and always rejoice in him. So I hope that's encouraging to you. It's kind of a yeah, it's a tricky thing to think about. But I, I was encouraged. I was sitting at, at lunch with uh, with my mentor the, uh, maybe last week and we were talking about that verse, uh, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. And so I uh, was glad to write about it and share some of those thoughts with you today. I'm Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for listening to the Unpacking It podcast today. Thanks to my guest, Trevor Wilt. Until next time, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.